notes up because I need them. <laughs> You've done so much. You've also been in the art games for 15 years, so we always have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Technically, it's 17, but uh, <laughs> yeah, a long time. A long time. Who's counting? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I cool. claim that. Not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll start it out then. Um, I am RJ Cozane. I didn't even introduce myself to you. Hi, I'm RJ. <laughs> uh, I'm RJ Cozane with PGH Museums, and this is Art Talk. Today we are with Tina Delman, who has been in the game. We were just talking before this started 17 years, but who is counting? Uh, she's been a curator, artist, educator, so much experience. You may know her recently from recent events. She had what she called a short-lived experience that will leave a lasting impact as the curator for the Pittsburgh Center of the Arts and Media, who announced a huge reduction of personnel and an end to programs at the Marshall Building where she was at. But she is here right now with the uh, TD projects, still curating, still at it, and we got a bunch to talk about. Tina, I'm done talking. Thank you so much for being on this uh, like COVID pandemic series with us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So, yeah, for sure. And uh, I just want to get right to it because you have something coming up pretty recently in August uh, with it's called the Bloomfield Garden Club, and it's with TD Productions and is in collaboration with Burning Well. And I just want to know first of all, the name sounds fabulous, but what is it about? What is going on with you? Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, um, with the recent situation of the pandemic kind of shutting down our life as we know it, um, and artists already feeling really isolated um, uh, and not enough venues and places for people to perform, and then everything just shuts down, you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know... Um, it's a lot to adjust, you know, I think I just in conversation with people have to keep reminding them, like, you know, we're not like in our normal time, like things are different, you know, there should be like an extra padding. Like if you're playing golf, you get a handicap, right? Like we should be getting like a pandemic COVID handicap with everything, you know, cause we're, we got to treat ourselves kindly right now, you know, and not expect the same because so much is out of our control, you know? Yes. Artists are not, that speaks globally at this point. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, so with all of that um, happening um, and um, and feeling like really like a lack of opportunity here in Pittsburgh when it comes to artists and, and artist opportunities, it seems that um, there could be a lot more for the number, the saturation and the density and the talent that we have here. Um, and so I'm an entrepreneur um, in my practice. So wherever I live, I inhabit, I kind of figure out what's going on and what's needed. And then I try to um, infill myself and my skill set to help and benefit the community at large. And so um, I was really burnt out when I first arrived to um, Pittsburgh, um, which was through like an arts writing residency, through bunker projects and associated um, artists at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, and everyone was kind of like, what do you want to do here? Because I ended up extending my stay and being, you know, becoming a resident of Pittsburgh, um, which, you know, I, I love and I'm glad I'm here. Um, and but I didn't have the energy, you know, and so it was really like 
you know, so many good things have come out of the pandemic, you know, <laughs> um, and, you know, this enterprise of mine is, I feel like is one of them, you know, the, the pandemic allowed me to um, slow down and not be stressed about not being able to find a job because I was at the center and then was like part of that massive layoff. And um, so I'd been unemployed since the end of November of last year, um, <laughs> which yes. is crazy, right? And then you add a pandemic on top of that. What What's going on? I know, I know. And so, you know, right before that, I was having like, you know, job interviews. Um, but then once the pandemic hit, all of my prospects obviously like dried up like everyone else's and and so it just gave me time, which I was trying to utilize, um, just kind of sorting things out, figuring out what it was that I wanted. Um, am I going to stay in Pittsburgh? Like, how do I put down roots here? Um, and what is it that Pittsburgh needs? And is there a way for me to do something that's artistic and creative and entrepreneurial and, you know, beneficial to the larger community? And that stays in line with um, sort of my mission and practice as an artist um, and curator. Um, and that's kind of real, like really where the Bloomfield Garden Club came up. You know, I was um, at a friend's place. We were sitting in his backyard and I was like, wow, I was like, this is such a nice space. Like, would you by any chance want to turn it into a speakeasy, you know? <laughs> and I was like kind of joking and, but not. And then, um, he was like, Oh, he's like, what are you thinking? And I was like, well, I don't know. And so then I just started talking out loud about, um, how there's so many wonderful artists here and there's, you know, women and mothers and not just artists of color and those along the queer spectrum and those that just feel like they've always been outliers in our society we're all the most vulnerable right now, like even more so than we were before, right? And so um, needing to really kind of like um, widen that perspective of like who's vulnerable and why. Um, and um, I'm all about creating community. Like I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a community organizer because when I hear that, I think more about activism, uh, which I participate in, but I'm more of a hey, how can we create a safe space for artists to come together and perform and have an audience and have a dialogue um, and work towards a better future for tomorrow? And so all of those things came into play with the Garden Club. Um, yeah, if that's what you're about, first of all, thank you for extending your stay here because I've been a queer performer here since for 15 years, so a little less time than you and been here the whole time. And we need curators who are so passionate about the queer community and the people of color who are artists and everyone who feels like an outlier. And I think so many Pittsburgh artists feel like outliers because the community is so lacking in certain points. Um, especially because I was looking through the roster that you have for the Bloomville Garden Club. And I was like, you were bringing together so many different facets of community rather than like, here are the painters, let's stick the musicians in the bars and leave them there and I, I loved it you have I have Clara Kent who is fantastic R&B artist who's out right now uh, you also have Shanna Simmons Christiana Leach who has done so much for our community and we have I did an art talk interview with her and I think every 20 seconds I was just like I'm so happy you were here <laughs> so you're bringing together all of these different kinds of mediums like visual there's music and and what else do we have going on here um yeah <laughs> uh, 
Well, um, I've, um, ever since I was a kid, I've always done everything. So I was in dance class and I was like the Girl Scout and I played the clarinet and, you know, and I was teaching art classes when I was like in seventh grade to like elementary school students. And, and so my interests have always been across the board. I've never been like solely focused, like not even in my like visual art practice. I can't say that I'm like, I'm a photographer or I consider myself a painter because I'm multidisciplinary. Like I use everything that's, you know, available to me as a tool um, or, you know, commissioning out parts of projects, you know, because it's more about the concept. And, um, and so that, that was really important to me not to have these divisions um, because it's, you know, not just in Pittsburgh, but like I've, as an artist have experienced it almost pretty like in a lot of cities I've lived in where like the communities, like even when I was in Berlin, it's like even the communities that were really sort of isolated. Like I've when always I was, wondered about that because Pittsburgh just feels so small. And so like, where is everyone like the other cities? Are they very comparable to Pittsburgh or what have you seen elsewhere? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just depends on the city and the size, you know, I mean, like, you know, New York is like, obviously like its own sort of category, you know, yeah. But I, I feel like even when I was in LA, it's like things I felt were very um, siloed, you know, um, and that's like a larger city, you know, with many more neighborhoods and hours to get places. Um, but <laughs> but going back to Pittsburgh here, you know, I do find it, um, I, I think it lends itself back into the geography because in terms of like how people develop neighborhoods and communities here, like it's it's based on the location, the locale, like what does the landscape look like? How many bridges or tunnels is there coming, you know? And, and so in terms of transportation and, and so I, I mean, I feel like that's one of the complaints, you know, it's sort of like your strength is your weakness, you know, it's like <laughs> the landscape is beautiful here, but it lends itself to keep people really isolated, unfortunately. Um, and, and navigation is obviously like really challenging here as well. And so, um, so it was important that going back to like the art's sake, that it was like cross-disciplinary. Um, and because everyone needs opportunities, you know, it's like, it's not just the visual artists or the musicians or the dancers, you know, it's like, everyone needs help right now they need a platform yeah and i i like hearing this perspective from someone who hasn't necessarily been here so long number one it's validating so thank you on behalf of the pittsburgh art scene uh but i digress how long have you kind of been learning the area to see like what are the how can i help in the curatory process who are the artists who do i reach out to how do i build the community has has it been since around December or was it before then? Um, well, so in, let me think about this. In, so uh, to go back a little bit further. So um, in 2016, when I was up in Buffalo, I um, went to a residency in Providence at AS220. Mm -hmm. And at that residency, I met an artist, her name is Irene Cohen. Um, and she is from, or, you know, she's not from Pittsburgh, but she's been living in Pittsburgh a, a while. and. Um, and so we met and stayed in touch. And so then in January of 2018, she actually brought me to Pittsburgh to do studio visits with artists at Radiant Hall. Okay. So, um, so I met a few artists there. I met Ryan Lammy. Um, obviously, I knew Irene. Um, and then that 
helps lay the groundwork for Pittsburgh. I mean, I was here even before that for like a conference at CMU. Um, and so I had an introduction at that point as well. Um, so things had kind of been slowly building. I didn't necessarily like envision myself moving here, um, but I was getting ready to leave Buffalo when this opportunity from this residency came. And that was like in the fall of 2018. So um, the residency started late December and went through the beginning of January of 2019. And so, um, uh, so with that, I was sort of exiting Buffalo and then Pittsburgh was just supposed to be a stop. Um, but then the residency itself that I was able to um, develop with Bunker and AAP, um, it ended up being multi-tiered. And so I had these um, public events where artists and other curators and people in the arts community could come and, and chat with me almost like an office hour or like, you know, informal like studio visit kind of, they tended to lend themselves more to like a community kind of like group conversation. Yeah. Um, and then I had like a, a public speaking like talk that I did at Pole Proof um, in Garfield. And um, what else did I do? Oh, and then of course I was doing research and I wrote an article that got published uh, that was sort of about my review of time being at Bunker um, and an introduction kind of getting to know Pittsburgh. Um, but then I was also doing other like more formal research for myself in terms of um, getting to know the eco the ecosystem here in Pittsburgh and the arts community and really diving in. And so I set up like all these interviews um, with people working at the different foundations and different artists and gallerists. And um, it was like a nice cross section of of Pittsburgh and the scene and what's going on and like the visual artist landscape specifically. Um, and so that was sort of like my first like real kind of like, Oh, okay, what's going on here? Um, so um, yeah. So that was kind of like my like real introduction was like a crash course, a two week nice. crash course in Pittsburgh. So Yeah. And that crash course definitely lent itself very well to what you've done with curating so far. You did manage to get one in at the Pittsburgh center of arts and media. Uh, it was the, what have we done that came out in November of 2019. And I saw that you curated your first dance project at Space Gallery in January of this year before this entire mess happened. So congratulations, I mean, on everything that you've accomplished here while you've been here and all of the knowledge that you've gained. I, I definitely think that you are like one of the most viable people that I've seen in the last couple of years pop up into the scene. So it's very nice to, to hear everything. And especially now, because we do have all of these artists that need help and curators can't really do what they're supposed to do. Like we said in the beginning of the, the talk, like everything's kind of turned upside down on its head and we don't really have any coping mechanisms at this point. We're kind of forging our own way and path into making whatever we can work at this point. And with the uh, Bloomfield Garden Club, it's first of all, socially responsible. I would not be sitting down with you if it were not. So thank you as well for doing that. I, I see that tickets are limited, but how did you go about like forging a path in this kind of climate? Because I know it's incredibly difficult for every single person that I've spoken to. Yeah, um, well, um I am Tina Dillman <laughs> and where yeah. there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Um, and you know, this isn't my first rodeo. And so, um, I knew what steps needed to be taken, but also just knowing that, um, 
things need to be done sort of extra, like with extra care and sensitivity um, because, you know, everyone's, um, you know, this situation is, um, you know, people with mental health issues and, and just, you know, living issues, you know, um, affordability issues. I mean, there's like so many different layers of things that um, this pandemic touches on. So just being sensitive to like all of that, you know, and, you know, people are losing loved ones, you know, from the virus. And so, um, and so giving everyone like time and, you know, being patient is uh, a virtue here for sure. Um, but I mean, like in terms of like how the project kind of <clears throat> really kind of started taking root was I, um, I came up with this idea and then I started asking people that I trusted and asked them what they thought. Like, am I crazy for wanting to do this? Like sort of like monthly salon social club, um, like, should I wait, you know? And, um, <clears throat> when someone I wrote from a foundation said, this is a wonderful idea. I was like, and they're like, and you should apply for this grant. I was like, Oh, okay. Well for the future. Yes. I will apply for that grant. Um, <clears throat> but thank you. Like that was validating for me, you know, of, um, that I wasn't stepping like out of like uh, any sort of bounds or, you know, and then when I started asking artists, like I, you know, I not just talked to the foundations, but like, you know, other artists, like I threw out the idea and I'm like, Hey, so if I start this thing, would you be interested in like participating? And when everyone I asked, like said, yes, I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Well then this needs to happen, you know? Um, and I, I think like a misconception that's like really important to, um, just, talk about is like how things happen. Like it's not just like I snap my fingers and all of a sudden all these like fairies and elves show up. Oh, and of course like not. Magic. It seems <laughs> that way on the outside. It doesn't even matter if you're curating or making it. They're just like, you did this. How did you, it's, it's just like in the air and it's out there. There's a process to everything. <laughs> yeah. And it takes a lot of work and dedication um, and patience um, and flexibility. You know, every, we all need to learn how to be really flexible in this, time, you know, and, and so, and, you know, knowing if someone says no, that it's not the end of the world, like, you're just like, okay, well, you go to plan B or option B, you know, um, just keeping yourself flexible. So, um, I'm literally putting my pandemic assistance money that I recently got, you know, into the pool and being like, okay, this is how I'm going to buy supplies to get started. And, you know, I'm really hoping that even though there are a limited number of tickets that they do sell out because that money just goes straight to the artist to cover their stipend. Um, and so, and if there's any, um, other money that gets donated or sponsorship, like, um, that money will also go to the artist and help, you know, pay for my time and, you know, <laughs> the, the, the things that I've bought, the supplies and expenses that I've already kind of put in on my end. So, and it is a, uh, Tina Dillman where there's a will, there's a way projects production. So <laughs> if someone does want to support this kind of venture, do they just get in contact with you or if someone wants to sponsor, where, where do they go? Uh, yeah, well right now, um, I'm working on getting like, like right now I'm like fiscally sponsored through union project for grants. Um, which has been super helpful. Um, but I'm like applying 
through like New Sun Rising. So potentially I can get individual donations and corporate sponsorship. Um, but if anyone just wants to give money and they don't need a tax write-off, they can just email me um, at tinadillonprojects at gmail.com and we can have a conversation. Like I do have a sponsorship package, you know, with benefits and levels and, um, and things of that nature. But um, yeah. So we got the, uh, so far, three months planned out. Is it going to, are you kind of planning for it to just be three months? Or are you hoping that this monthly salon kind of goes and goes and goes and goes? Yeah, well, I would like to, um, for right now, like keep it outdoors um, because I don't think that COVID is going to, you know, magically disappear tomorrow. Um, for sure. No, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. So um, I'm planning on doing the same sort of like small, intimate backyard pop-up salon starting next April is my goal, like late April. Um, I, um, you know, potentially have the space that I'm utilizing in Bloomfield for next year as well, if all goes well this year, you know. And um, and then I have a couple other sites of people's backyards that have um you know, graciously donated and wanted to host and partner with me, which is awesome. Um, and they're in different parts of the city. And then um, Bunker Projects is partnering with me next year, and they're also going to be a host site. We're going to work on um, renovating their back lot um, so we can host it there, which I'm really excited about. So, um, so potentially, like next year, I'll be in like four different neighborhoods, which is really cool. I love this. <laughs> so the the first one is uh late August. We have Naomi Chambers, Betty Douglas with Rex Trim, and John Muster with Scott Andrew. Uh, mm -hmm. September we have Tara Faye Coleman, Clara Kent, Shauna Simmons, and then October Betty Douglas again with Rex Trim, Jesse Factor with Scott Andrew again. So two times to see those ones, and uh, Christiana Leach. So we have like a, a jam packed roster for three months. Less than 10 tickets. I just want to, to state that. So if you are watching this and you are interested, please, please, please get them in advance. Where can they get them? Yeah. So um, on my website, it's like Tina Dillman black backslash Bloomfield Garden Club. Um, there's information on how to purchase tickets um, because I'm trying to get all the money as possible to go straight into artist pockets. I'm just doing something really DIY um, just Venmo, um, or PayPal, um, uh, you know, to try and just save money, you know, cause all those ticketing sites. And because I was like, I'm only really dealing with, um, you know, like less than 60 tickets, you know what I mean? So right. it's, it's, so, like, it's, I, it's so small scale. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to keep things as simplified as possible, you know, and just to reiterate, like, again, to get as much money in, into every artist's pockets, you know, like just trying to keep the costs low. Um, and so, yeah, so they can go there and uh, the lineup and the dates are there and it's just really simple. They just pay money. And then if the ticket's available, I will accept the money and send them an email. Um, so yeah, and I've seen this uh, a bit in music when they do the live streams. And of course, the queer community has come together across everywhere to do these like digital drag shows on Zoom. So it's very nice to see it translate from the digital world, which we've kind of all become accustomed to in the last four months or so, and see something that is so socially distanced during the pandemic that you can physically go to if you feel comfortable and you're still kind of doing the same thing. You're Venmoing someone, and then you know that it's going to be distributed between the artist, and you're helping 
the, the curator who's putting it together, you're helping the artists and you're still helping the community. And I just, I love this concept. I love that you brought it together and are making this happen. So thank you for doing the, this, this garden club. And I hope that I get to see pictures or something because this is fantastic. Yeah, so we're planning on, um, one of the most important things about this, like we're, we're not, uh, you know, timing like face streaming it live or anything like that because like the whole point of it is to get people together and I understand that everyone can't physically be there so you know the important element of this is the the live and the connectedness and like this real sense of like community um and you know obviously feeling safe in an environment so like how I have like the yard set up the tables are like at least six feet away you know and so everyone will kind of have a different option of like seating. Um, and then everything obviously will happen outdoors. Some things will happen in the alleyway where there's even like more space. Um, and so, I mean, I'm really, and like people will arrive, like they'll get an email from me and they'll have like a different time to arrive. Um, so people are just scattered in terms of their, their entry, you know, just to again, keep the distance cause we're talking about someone's house and you know, Definitely, I, I love everything about this. And I know that you you definitely jam-packed, again, your time while you've been here. And I appreciate it so much. Taking a little bit away from the Bloomfield Garden Club, I saw on your website, tinadoman.com, that you uh, have something that you founded in 2019 called Agency, that you're calling a one-stop shop for art business needs. I definitely wanted to ask you about that if you wanted to just go into anything about it because finding even resources as an artist is sometimes just so like daunting to like sort through and find the time to go to the website and anytime someone puts something together for any art community here or abroad or anywhere it's definitely appreciated so what is agency and how are you serving and helping the artists with that yeah um so um it goes back again to my uh, arts writing residency when I was doing interviews and chatting with people at the events. Um, and I, I realized that there was um, a need for this. I mean, I haven't worked with that many people, um, you know, through this like consulting agency, um, but it is there. I think people, um, one, you know, it costs money, you know, it's like, I can't be free, you know, of course. But, <laughs> no, we need, we're artists, we need paid. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also willing, like, especially if it's something that's not grant funded, or, you know, sponsored by somebody, um, you know, willing to do things on a sliding scale where there is a base minimum, you know, um, and also incorporating trade, you know, because I obviously love art, as you can, you know, see, and I, um, there's yes. things other than what I've made. And, so, you are making me um, miss the days yeah. whenever I could just go to an artist's house and just like raid their walls and see what they have hanging up. Before this happened, mm-hmm. we weren't doing them over Zoom. We would actually go to the artist's house. So I love what is hanging on your walls. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, um, post-COVID, you know, I can do something here, you know, because I always wanted to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's important too to... Um, to see the inside. Like I've always wanted to do like a art collector tour, you know, but I mean, a lot of people are private, but I think it's important just to see people's tastes, you know, and also to get to know different artists, you know, like I've lived all over the country. So like my, a lot of the work is from California. And so there's people here that other people may not have heard of, you know, 
but that are still important <clears throat> in terms of like the pedagogy of like contemporary or conceptual art. So um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's great. I mean, maybe you and I can work together and do some tour, you know, thing next year. Yes, hopefully. Not getting too far ahead of ourselves. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring at this rate. Um, I know that you're mm -hmm. offering like incubation projects and like nonprofits and one-on-one -on -one mentoring. So mentoring comes with the territory whenever you kind of step into this sort of realm, something like agency. But what else can, if you, if an artist is thinking like, well, maybe I need something like this to help with the incubation period, what can they expect if they, if they reach out to you? Yeah, well, I mean, everything um, is tailored to the needs of whether it's an artist or a nonprofit, you know, and so for me, what I found with a lot of artists is they don't, um, they don't have a professional practice, you know, like um, incorporating admin time into their lives to answer emails or to, you know, do grant writing or, you know, what have you. And so there's a lot of like, I was sort of blessed and cursed with like a left and right brain that functions like equally. And so me it's too. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, so much like sometimes more dominant to me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Go to the studio right now. And then <laughs> oftentimes it's vice versa. So yes. Both yeah, sides of the brain working. We're always, you know, striving for that. So, yeah. um, yeah. And so it's like, you know, a lot of times I'll just even have phone calls like with my artist friends, you know, and, um, just to kind of help them in their business practice, you know? Um, so, I mean, it, it, it could be like a, numerous things, you know, whether it's like talking about like time management, you know, like as basic as things of that nature. Um, when I was living in Buffalo, I taught a graduate course at the university at Buffalo in the arts management department on how to start and operate like a grassroots nonprofit. Um, and so in that it was like, people learned how to like grant, write, But actually how to start a nonprofit, you know, the, um, you know, putting together a board and fundraising and it's not just about programming and having that idea. And so I kind of like have broken that course down and just tailor it based on the artist or nonprofit. Um, one, you know, one thing is like, you know, people, um, artists need studio visits, you know? And so it's, it's one thing when you're working for an organization and you're getting paid for it. Right. Like, right. um, <clears throat> but like as an independent, it's like, I may not necessarily getting paid, but I have to compensate for my time, you know? And so, um, I've put myself out there for artists that if they're working on some sort of specific project and they just need an extra point of view and some help, like getting direction or just feedback, you know, um, you know, I'm available on a sliding scale for that as well. Um, and, um, everyone seems to get something out of it. So including me, so, you know. Yeah, and if this talk is anything to go by, I already feel like the education is invaluable what we're getting today. So I am I love the agency project and I kind of want to go back to going to people's houses and planning an art tour, but I can't even think about it until I discuss your art because you're not just an educator with agency. You're not just a curator with all that you've done over the years. I did some digging. I also see that you've also worked in some mediums with text, photography, painting, sculpture, video, and installation. So with the uh, right and left side of the brain, how is art working out for you lately? You know, it's interesting. So um, I, I started off the pandemic, like I turned my like office studio space into like a painting studio um, that right there is like something that I did in Buffalo. Um, but I was doing these like smaller, like loose canvases that were, 
uh, made with almost like, well, it's watercolor. It's, it's acrylic, but it it's, looks like watercolor, except it's or opaque, but like the water texture consistency of it. And so they look like these abstract watercolor paintings. Um, nice. Yeah. And, and for me, they were like kind of therapeutic, like just letting go and relaxing and like relieving the stress. And um, that's how COVID started for me. I was doing that. And then I also made like these little like heart shaped rocks with polymer clay that I could bake in my oven at home. And they're like different bright colors that like along the pink spectrum. Um, and I would, when I would go out for a walk, I would like place them out on the trails or walks that I would take around the city. Which trails? Because I need to find some. Oh, <laughs> uh, just, uh, well, I live in Wilkinsburg. So like Wilkinsburg, Region Square. Um, what's that other neighborhood that's right after that? Um, I'm seeing, I'm so bad here. Yeah, I am too. And I've been here all my life. <laughs> Yeah, like Fruit Park area. Oh, uh, frick. oh, Point Breeze. Yeah, Point Breeze. Yeah, Point Breeze. So, okay. like from Wilkinsburg to Point Breeze area, I've been over in Highland Park some. So there's like some over there. I'm going um, hunting. <laughs> I'm gonna find these. But I like that um, you've also like stayed so busy through COVID nineteen so far. Have you? Because I know a lot of artists, they myself included, when this first started, I was like, I'm gonna be so productive. I'm working from home. Thank God, I like I had a job to go to. It's just every day, we're just going to pick it up. We're going to go for it. And the first like month and a half, I just sat there like. So have you had moments like that during the pandemic? Or do you have advice to give to anyone who is maybe struggling to create during this time? Or uh, cheers for people who are thriving in it. Because it's all (laughs) over the place with artists right now. Yeah. And I think like the most important thing that I can like share with artists is um, I know it's really hard to do this, but like you can't compare yourself to another person, you know, it's like apples and oranges, you know? And so um, like just work with yourself, you know, Um, and don't beat yourself up. You know, it's like, you got to be really kind and gentle to yourself right now. You know, it's more about, it's more about self-care. It's more about like your ability to stay healthy, you know, um, and be able to take care of yourself. However that looks, you know, it's like, um, like when I said I was painting, it's like, yeah, but like, that's not really like my full practice, you know, but it was just something that I felt like that I needed to do. And I didn't give myself a hard time about it. You know, I did get to a point where I'm like, fuck painting because that's not helping the world. And that's where the garden club came, you know, like the conceptual antidote that was like, oh no, it needs to be something bigger. Other extreme. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, just like being able, I think it's important to be able to stay flexible with yourself, you know, and like, give yourself what you need and knowing that like everything is temporary, you know? And so I think that's really important too, because I think we get too bogged down. Like it's always good to be present, right? Like to be present and in the moment, listen to yourself, process your emotions, breathe, stretch, you know, eat healthy, drink lots of water, not Pittsburgh water, not, you know, filter it, filter it it a lot. Um, (laughs) I have to filter mine twice here in Wilkinsburg. Oh, no. um, yeah. Uh, acupuncture is great. You know, chiropractic's great. That having a therapist is great. You know, like I, I think that we need to know that there's these tools out there. Um, but then also that there's um, 
community, you know, and that you aren't alone. And I think that that's been one of the hardest things. Like, I feel fortunate. I have a really great network of friends, you know, like I have friends literally all over the globe. And so I've been able to, you know, Skype with them and FaceTime or what have you. And and it's been really great, you know, and, and they help center me and they help get me back to the place that I need to be um, when I'm starting to feel low and beating myself up because it's just a part of like being human, you know? And I think that we have to acknowledge and keep ourselves in check you know, um, because there is no perfect, there's not even a perfect in nature, you know? And so it's like, uh, so like, we just got to let go of that, you know, um, and be on your own timeline and be present with that. You know, I think it's more important to set your own realistic goals that you hold yourself accountable to, and maybe finding an accountability partner, like a friend or dating or romantic or whoever, a family, you know, they can help just keep, you know, checking in with you to make sure that you're doing what you say you're going to do. Um, cause that helps too, you know, instead of just being all free willy and stuff. So <laughs> yes. Four life tips with Tina today. I'm <laughs> loving this. Um, so with, with the, the timeline and being present, um, we've talked about the past. We've talked about the Bloomfield garden club. Are you staying in the present or do you, are you working on future things that we should maybe look out for or what, what else do we have cooking? Well, with me, there's something always cooking, you know, I've got like multiple broiler things going on. So knocking on wood, keeping fingers crossed that, you know, the Bloomfield garden club happens, you know, like we could go to, into a state of red at any point And then yeah. I just have to like postpone it. Um, which I'm, I'm want to be safe, you know, okay. so it's like, it's out of my control, you know? So, um, but let's just say it doesn't and everything goes according to plan that it just happens and it's an experience. And, um, I'm, I'm already planning on doing the, it next year, starting in April and running it April through October. Um, and hopefully next year I can, um, also start working with regional artists. So it's not just local Pittsburgh artists like having a nice mix because I think like networking is something that artists are always talking to me about that they need more they need opportunities in other cities and how does that happen you meet somebody from there so if I'm able to bring artists to Pittsburgh to participate in the garden club and then they're meeting other artists it's like that's when things grow and so I think that's important and that's something that I can do here. I can't wait to see the Bloomfield Garden Club and what it blossoms into over the course of the next year. Uh, TinaDillman.com is where you can go to find the schedule and the tickets. PGHmuseums.org, I'm sure I will throw it up on the website too. So if all else fails, head over there and you'll see it. And uh, Tina, thank you so much for taking the time out to sit down digitally with us and have this conversation. I uh, can't wait to see what comes up. Awesome. Yeah, Neon, thank you so much for having me. Explore some of the region's most dynamic murals in one of the most fascinating venues with the Society to Preserve the Milvo Murals of Maxovanka. The Society works with the St. Nicholas Croatian Catholic Church to provide tours of the 25 murals painted on the church sanctuary walls. A mixture of religious and social commentary can be found with inspirations from World War II. What would it be like growing up in a church surrounded in these murals, 
we asked docent manager and church attendee, Andrew Stefanik. You'd always be finding something new when you were, even when you were sitting here during mass or during other ceremonies. Um, and you'd, maybe you'd lose track of what, of mass and you would, your eyes would wander about, about the murals and you would find something new. And even to this day, every time I come in here, I find something new in the murals. Is there anything a visitor observed that's new to Andrew? Absolutely, there are so many. Um, almost every time, and I would say the best tours, are when somebody comes in and discovers something new or points something out new to me. And I would say my favorite parts about the tours that I give is the information that I share that I've gotten from others and gotten from visitors that I were no experts or had no specific expertise, but just their attention was drawn to something specific. Learn how these iconic murals connect you to the past and discover what they could teach you about the present with a tour from the Society to Preserve the Millville Murals of Max Ivanka. Find out more at vankamurals.org. Thank you for listening to Art Talk from pghmuseums.org. Your host today was RJ Kozane, and the program was edited by me, Brian Crawford. Today's music was Wallpaper by Kevin McLeod and can be found at filmmusic.io. It is licensed through the Creative Commons. Be sure to search PGH Art Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found.